Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We give Jesus a round of applause. Come on. He's been blowing us away. I truly believe that it's just the start. I always say the best is yet to come because we serve a God that is always pushing us forward. He's got something bigger and better. Um, It may not be fun. It may not always be easy, but it's always better. And so we celebrate numbers. People are like, are you a numbers church? Yes, because every single number. Last week, we broke a record last week. If you're new with us, um, attendance records. We had 151 total here in the house. Um, But we celebrate because every single number has a name. Every name has an incredible story. That's one of the things that I have loved just being your pastor, getting to know you. We have incredible depth in stories that we have, and, and they're not always fun, but God is doing something, he's doing something, and every story matters tremendously to God. That's why we celebrate numbers, because God's doing something in us and through us. People are starting to share their stories, and it's powerful. We grow, I grow, you grow, and we're reaching people in this town. Love Los Alamos is the series that we are in, And this is to be a part of a bigger story. To say that we're not going to be a church that's just like, hey, it's all about us and let's consume. No, God loves Los Alamos. Freedom Church, we love Los Alamos. And so we are going to go and and to the best of our ability, do the loving thing. What does love require of me right now, today, in front of my coworker, in front of my family, and just go be the church and love people around me? And we have found that that strategy, that approach has been uh, very receptive. That people are like, oh, I like, I kind of like that brand of Christianity where they, they, they just love me. They just, they just welcome me in. And it's been fun ride. I love being a part of this church. It, is, it fires me up uh, to be here. Today, we're going to talk about going to church, though. Uh, we're going to talk about why go to church. Last week, we talked about, hey, if we're going to love Los Alamos, we need a healthy you. If if you're going to love Los Alamos, we're going to reach Los Alamos, or we're going to reach Los Alamos with the love of God, with the love of Jesus. Uh, We we need healthy you. You need to be taking your next steps. Next week, I'm going to kick you out of church, though. I want you to go be the church. Go go live it out. you got a purpose and a calling. It's most likely going to be some in here, but something out there God has for you. But today, I want to talk about Going to church. Why go to church? Why make the effort to go? There was a guy one day woke up on a Sunday morning, looked at his wife squarely in the eyes, said, I ain't going to church today. I'm not going to go. I'll give you three reasons as to why I'm not going to go to church today. First is I don't like the building. It's run down. I don't like being in there. I'm uncomfortable in there. I'm not going to go. Second, I'm not going to go to church today because I don't like the people there. They're judgmental, hypocritical. And the third reason is I don't want to go to church today because those people, they don't like me. So his wife looked at him squarely in the eyes, shot right back at him, said, you know what, big fella? You are going to go to church today, and I'll give you three good reasons as to why you're going to go. First is I'm up, I'm ready, I'm going. Second, the kids are up. 
They're ready. They're going. Third reason, you're the pastor, and they're expecting you to be there. <laughs> you're going to church. <laughs> why do, why, you know, this, is, this, the, this question, we did a series in the, in the summer called Red or Green. And it's a a time where you get to ask questions, we vote on them, and during the summer we answer the top six most asked questions. One of the questions that came across that I thought was fascinating, and it tends to come up even more and more, although it didn't get in the top six, so we didn't answer it. So I've kind of been holding on to this one for a while. But it's like, hey, why to go to church when there's so many awesome online churches, online pastors, you know, you can listen to a podcast, you can grow in your faith and, and listen to some of those things. And I want to champion that. Like, I have my five to ten pastors that I listen to, that I've listened to for over a decade now, and grow in my faith. Um, but I, So, to me, I'm like all pro online church. But I want to talk about um, getting plugged into a local body. A lot of those pastors would say, hey, if you listen to us online, great, continue doing that. But if you have a local church with people who you can meet with and love on, Go get plugged in. So today I want to give you three reasons as to why, uh, why go to church. And I, I, this isn't a course correction thing. This isn't like, oh, you guys need to go to church or, or an attendance thing. Okay, I'm not, I, I'm not looking to pull big numbers. But I, I do want us to understand when you come here, what's going on? What, what's God doing here? And I think it's going to open your eyes. I heard a, a pastor, Robert Morris, preached this over a break a a month or so ago, and it really opened my eyes. And so I want to share some of those insights with you guys today as to why go to church. So the first reason is God's presence. God's presence. Now, if you know churchy terms, there's God's omnipresence, which means God is everywhere. He's he's in all things, just everywhere. That's, That's where God, but we're not talking about his omnipresence. There's also his inner presence, when you become a Christ follower, right? You say, I'm going to put my trust and faith in Jesus Christ. He's Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. He's al- he rose from the grave like he's alive. Right? I'm going to put my faith in him. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior, the boss of my life. It, it, the, the Bible says that God's spirit, his Holy Spirit, comes and, and dwells within you. He speaks with you. And you want to be in tune with the spirit because he helps you take those next Steps, but I'm not talking about his inner presence, not his omnipresence, not his inner presence, but his manifest presence, his made known presence. And that happens when people come together. Jesus says it like this in Matthew 18. He says, for where two or three gather together as my followers. So it doesn't take many, takes more than one. But where two or three of my followers gather together I am there among them. Now, I bet if, if you have been in some church circles, you can maybe remember some church services or some worship experience or maybe a conference or something where you showed up, you were seeing, and all of a sudden, just God made himself known in a very real, undeniable way. Um, and so I can think of a few services where that happens. It doesn't happen all the time. But at the same time, you go enough and all of a sudden just God just makes himself known through his manifest presence. I like how Moses, he was leading the nation of, 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 uh, out of Egypt, the Hebrews out of Egypt into the promised land. And Moses was the leader. 
But he's having this back and forth with God. And he says to God in, in verse 15 of chapter 33 in Exodus, he says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. For your presence among us sets your people apart from all people on earth. The only thing that makes the church different than any other organization on the planet, the only thing that makes the church different than any other meeting that you attend. Now, some of you are like, no, I fall asleep at church and I fall asleep at meetings at work uh, too. All right, but what I'm trying to get at is God's presence. He says, I'm going to be in God's house. (laughs) I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up whenever two or three gather together. And it's one of the things that you need to know when you go to church, God shows up. If you're open, if you have your eyes open, you say, hey, I'm going to give my heart, my mind, my mouth, whatever. I'm just whatever you want to speak to me, God, I'm going to look for you. Now, you may have some Sundays where that doesn't happen, but if you are really open to God, more times than not, he's going to give you a next step. He's going to show you just one little thing. It may be big, maybe small, but in God's eyes, when God speaks to your heart, that's not small. That's life-changing. That's world-changing stuff. I remember at Christmas, this last Christmas, uh, we had Christmas Eve services at Ashley Pond. Who all went? Anybody show up? Okay, quite a few of you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It was... Um, Spectacular, I guess, is one way to, to say that. Um, a giant snowstorm hits. We're at Ashley Pond, so we're doing an outdoor service. Now, Christmas Eve and snow go together. It's beautiful. Except as, as pastor, and we got some other great volunteers who do an awesome job of protecting us, we got all of our equipment is out in the open, like ready to be fried by water, snow, and elect- electronics. It doesn't mix well. Plus, as I'm, 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 I'm preaching, we got a picture of me where I'm, I'm preaching up on the stage and there's some kids that are starting to come up. Now, I used to be a youth pastor, so I have, I, it kind of triggers me a little bit because working with middle schoolers, you just never know when a random pencil is just going to come flying across or something's coming at you. Like, so I have these kids that are kind of... Um, coming up towards the, the stage, and they're just wanting to, to kind of be near, but I'm kind of like, I, I don't know what's happening here. Are they going to tackle me? I don't know. Snowing like crazy. I can barely see uh, what's going on. Um, I'm wondering, are the people here in misery? You know, do they, do they just not want to be here? It's cold. It's wet. And then I'm preaching, and you don't know this, but I have a general flow and an outline, and uh, like I like to joke around sometimes, and and they're, it just not go, the transitions aren't going very well, and so I'm just like, is this beautiful or stupid? Like this is just I don't I don't know, but at the same time I'm like this isn't about me, right? I, God's given me a message. I'm just going to go as best I can amongst all the chaos, and we'll just do it. Now we get done, everybody departs, and we're putting things together. And we have volunteers who kind of help during the invitation time. And I couldn't really see anything that was happening during the invitation time. It was so dark and then the lights were were bright. But one of the volunteers said, I couldn't believe when you said if anyone wanted to to receive Christ as a Savior, so many hands shot up. I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Like, no way. Like, you're joking, right? Because... Things just seem so chaotic and so off. Like, certainly God wasn't there. No, what happened? God's presence showed up when his people 
came together. Hey, I'm going to do my small part. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to do the hot cocoa. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to put the, the media together. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to put the, the welcoming stuff together. Everybody does their part, and God showed up beyond what I can explain. And the, the only thing, I just laughed leaving. I'm like, I don't even, I can't even remember what I said. What did I even say? It doesn't matter. It's just, God, you were, you, that was all you working in us and through us. When you come, when you come, God's presence is there. God shows up. What more do we want than God's presence in our life? If you're not there, God, don't take me there. I want you to personally go with us. I'm seeking your presence. The second thing is God's power. Because where his presence is, there his power is too. Now that verse says, where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I'm among them. But the verse ahead of that, verse 19 says, I also tell you this. If two, or, if, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, let me couch this. It's like, hey, hey, how about me and you? Let's agree that we both get a few million bucks this week and win the lottery or something like that. No, He's talking about when you ask things in his name, in his will, according to his will, which means you got to be on page with him. Not my will. He's not going to answer things according to my will, but he'll answer things according to his will. So let's get together and make sure we're on the page with God's will. And he says, when you do that, I'm going I'm to do some things. And then he says, then he says, for I'm going to do some things because my presence is there. When you ask some things in my name and you've gotten together and you're on the same page with me, I'm going to act. And God's power is going to be there. So many people want or need the power of God in their life. But we won't go where he's at. Again, I'm not trying to correct anything, but I do want you to understand God works when his people get together. There's a, an importance of, hey, I want God's power in my life. Now, I grew up going to church. How many of you, like we just have church on Sunday mornings. If you grew up going to church, when else did you have church? You had it on Sunday nights and also on Wednesday nights. Now, some of you guys might have had different things. I realize we've got different, a lot of different backgrounds, but it wasn't just a once, once a week type or uh, thing. It was you went. And some of you guys, you had like vegetation Tuesday nights and just you were out on the go all the, all the time. We try to keep it simple. The average churchgoer in America right now goes one to two times per month. So if you're you call them Freedom Home, you're here about once, once or twice a, a month, is, and that's average. Now listen, I want to be very clear because we've had some people come to the church. Some of my favorite stories of people come to the church, they've only been to church, I would say, maybe five times in the past year. And for me... When you hear their story, five times in 2019 is more than they've ever been in the past 10 years because they had walked away. So hear it from me. Way to go. Keep going. Like, keep taking next steps. I'm not going to judge you on are you coming every single week. I'm not about perfect sins. I'm about you taking next steps. So what I want to do for all of us in the room is invite you to a deeper conversation. 
Because the things that we talk about every single week, at least I try, I'm like, I want it to be practical. I want it to be real. I want it to be tangible. I want it to be uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that you're like, dang, I got to go do something about this when I leave here. Why else are we going to talk about something if it doesn't apply to God, our lives? And God's trying to speak these things into our lives. So I just want to invite you to a deeper conversation, not get perfect attendance. I realize we got tournaments, we got things that we got to do. That's why we post it online. If you're gone, stay connected. Watch it online. Stay connected. God can still speak through a TV screen, but understand when you come here, His power's here. I just talked to someone today, said, Hey, I want you to know about the power of prayer because you guys prayed for me when you were here, and I'm seeing the results of that prayer, and the only explanation is Jesus. The doctors don't have an explanation for it. There's power when His people show up. So how do we do this? One is, I'm going to give you two things, two things that you can do to, to get into his power, into his presence. One is you got to, you got to be planted. Psalm 92, 13 and 14 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will, say this with me, they will flourish in the courts of our gods. They will still bear fruits in old age and they will stay fresh and green. Who is that for? The people who are planted in the house of the Lord. Now, if you were to ask, what's the church? If you had to, to strip down our church, or what I believe church should be, if you had to strip away all the stuff, what are we about? What is this? If you, like, what's the one thing? And I would say the church's responsibility is to present an excellent presentation of the gospel. Now, that can come through word, that can come through song, or that can be how we live our life. But what are we about? We're, I mean, we could go serve and do missions, but certainly other organizations could do that. Or we could build hospitals, and certainly other organizations could do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Boil it all down. We're about presenting an excellent presentation of the gospel to Los Alamos. That's what we're called to right now. And so that's what our focus is. So we put all of our eggs into one basket and say, hey, we're going to focus on Sunday mornings and make this a welcoming and engaging environment. We're going to try to make it practical. We're going to try, if you invite a friend to come with you, we're going to try not to embarrass you. We're not going to hide Jesus by any means, but we think when your friends come in here and, and hear what Jesus, who he is and what he's about, they're actually going to say, I, I, you know what, I kind of like that. I may not fully believe everything right now, but I kind of want that in my finances. I kind of want that in my, my marriage. And we'll let God do the rest of the work in their heart and soul. So we work hard on our Sunday mornings. That's our strategy. And the strategy is when we leave, we go and invest and invite. Just love people. They're not a project. You're not trying to debate them into Christianity. Just love them. And what we found is when you just love people unconditionally, all of a sudden, they're like, I kind of I like that. I kind of want some. Can you, can you this, the questions start to come. And then the open door for an invite comes. And then all of these things start working together. That's, how, that's, our, that's our model. That's our strategy. Just keep it simple. Let's make an excellent presentation of the gospel. Let's go love people. And then let's just see God open doors and do things. And so that's how we've tried to really make it go here. One of the first stories that kind of helped me grow in my relationship, I was at Starbucks. Saw so a friend of, of mine who I kind of I knew in person enough to when we're in Starbucks, hey, how you doing? But other than that, didn't really know. But in the course of the conversation, they had heard that we had started the church. We were at the Holiday Inn Express. Oh, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. 
something just pinged and the doors kind of opened the conversation. Say, hey, you should just invite. Invite this person, see if they want to come. I'm, I'm the pastor, but at the same time, I still have that reservation. I'm like, I don't know, is this weird? I don't really know this person. Ah. You, you should come check it out. That's it. Just come check it out. You'll know. You know what? Okay, I think. We have church that Sunday. She shows up. And I'm like, oh my gosh. They actually came. And at the end of the service, and we'll do it at the end of this service too, every service, I don't want you to walk away. Am I right with God? We'll give you a chance to say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, Jesus Christ. And so I gave the invitation. I wasn't really thinking anything about it. I saw that she had tears in her eyes. And I saw her a little bit later. She didn't raise her hand. But she says, when you give the invitation, I didn't, I didn't raise my hand, but I raised it in my heart. And, and when you came and invited me at Starbucks, like that was a God-ordained appointment. So I want to say thank you. Listen, when you take your next step of faith, I grew. That helped open my eyes to see that God wants to move in me and through me, and I'm still the pastor. When your friend or your coworker shows up, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I hope, that, I hope everything's on point. I hope the environment is good. I hope there's enough parking out there. Like, there's a, re- you know, with thank you, servers. Thank you, first impression team. We love you guys. Thank you. know, I hope Mike doesn't embarrass them or anything like that. And then, If God's power and presence shows up in their life, you will grow. Not only will they grow, but that's how you grow in your faith too. That's how you take some next steps. That's our strategy. I'm not trying to pull the wool over it. Get planted. Get in a connect group. Get in and serve, but get yourself planted. The second thing is this, and then I got to move on, but I want to touch on this. You have to commit to working through conflict. If you want to grow and see the power of God working in life, you can't, you, you got it, you got, oh, I'll just say it. We can't go to every, there's so many churches, like 30 churches in town, right? You got to get plugged in and planted somewhere. And so there's going to be conflict. There's not a perfect church. I probably offended you already, but you're going to have to figure out, okay, I'm going to take these next steps of faith. These are our family and I'm going, to, I'm going to do my best to work through the conflict. I'm going to work through our differences. And this is 2020, a new decade, but an election year. Our country, our nation is polarized. We don't need the church being even more polarized. Let me just read you a, a verse here. It says, this is Jesus right before he went to the cross And he's praying not only for his own disciples, but for the people, us, in the future, who would be future followers of Jesus. He he prays this prayer. He says, this, this is what the followers are going to need. This thing's going to spread. But God, they're different. They all have different stories and different backgrounds. This is a global thing. They're so different They're set up to be torn apart. So I'm going to pray for this. Don't don't, don't just protect them and keep them safe and and bless them with lots of money. No, he says this one thing is going to be huge if they're going to be successful. He prays in John 17, may they experience such perfect 
unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them. God, you love them. What's going to be the strategy? Unity. Fight for unity. We, one of the things I love about our church, and I hear the stories, and as you get in connect groups and you get to hear the stories, we're different. Some of y'all, you, you went to the beach over Christmas bake. Some of y'all, you all went camping. All right, I don't understand why you would go camping. You save up all your money. And then you go spend a week and live like you're homeless. I don't know why you do that. But we're different. You know, I don't have to like camping. You can love camping and go and do it. I love about this church. You take any cultural hot topic, and there's people who are pro-choice. There are people who are pro-life. There are Republicans. There are Democrats. You name it, we're different. One of the first... I'll go ahead and share the story. One of the first um, issues that we had came in a, in a group and it was centered around homosexuality. And we had people who were different. Now, I'm used to church where if there's issues and there's conflict, not only does one party leave, but like a bunch of parties leave. Everyone goes. And so we're divided. And what's your, what's your position? What's freedom's position on X? Just fill in the blank, whatever cultural hot topic it is. You want to know what my position is, what freedom's position is? What's freedom's position on X? God loves them. That's it. What's your position on what? No, you got to. God loves them. He loves them just like I love, like he loved me. Okay? So I have my beliefs. And if you ask me privately, I'll share different things with you. But my goal is not for perfect unity in what we believe. And so when this issue came up, we had different issues. And I said, that's fantastic. What can we focus on? What's the unity? It is Jesus. We center around the love of Jesus Christ. That may be the only thing we share in common in beliefs. And that's enough. That's all we need to take next steps forward. My gosh, if we were all in this room and everyone had the same political views as me, we'd be in a disaster. No, he said, I'm trying to reach the world, not just Democrats. I'm trying to reach the world, not just Republicans, everybody. So you got to fight for unity. We will have, you're going to get in a connect group. Some of you guys are going to plug in. I don't know. Can we center on Jesus? Can we agree on him as the Messiah? Can we take next steps forward in that? And we'll, we'll work on the other issues. We're going to love. I'm not just going to tolerate you. I'm going to love you. Love your enemies, it says. That's the church that he wants. His power and his presence shows up. And it comes through the third one is his people. You're like, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> That's why I left the church in the first place was his people. All right. I, I, I got God's power. I got God's presence. Why do I need his people? Just Jesus and me. Just God and me. First, that's grammatically incorrect. It's God and I. Jesus and I. But that's not how God set it up. Genesis chapter 2. He, God, God creates, God creates, God creates. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Until Genesis chapter 2. He sees that man is alone. He says it is not good for man to be alone. Jesus gets asked the question 
about what's the greatest commandment? You got all these commandments in the Old Testament. Which one's the greatest? Give me the one greatest one, Jesus. And what I love about Jesus, he doesn't just give them one. He gives them two. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hey, I, whatever it is, I'm just going to say yes. Before you even ask, the answer is yes. And he says the second commandment is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't separate the two. It's like two sides to the same coin. And so Jesus is saying it's about relationships, a relationship with God and a relationship with others. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. When you meet together, you're going to have all these different gifts. But whatever is done must be done to strengthen others. Back it up into chapter 12 in, in 1 Corinthians. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Apparently, someone else in this room has what you need. Apparently, I have something, you have something that I need. That's how he set it up is through relations. God's power is released through his people. God's power is released through his people. That's how he set it up. So we, when we work together, say, hey, I, I got something for somebody else. Somebody else has something that I need. He works through his people. Which is why you're like, I don't, what's the spiritual gift thing or whatever? Like, God just, he's wired you and he's gifted you in some, some way, shape or form. That's why we have the growth track. We will go through that and see how has God wired you. So we know, hey, this is how God's working through you and other people need to be in touch with that gift. That's on, sign up, go to our next steps table. That's in, in uh, eight days on a Monday. God's power flows through his people. That's why we have connect groups. Because it's easy to float through here and not know anybody, but get in a connect group. And let me just say this. We're starting in January, and this is how it works. The, the number one complaint about Freedom Church, and I'm okay with this, uh, we work on it, is I don't feel connected. Like, I like coming here. It's good, but I just, I don't feel, I want to feel more connected. I'm telling you right now, we're starting connect groups where you can start plugging in and building relationships. It takes time. Slow is fast when it comes to relationships. You're going to be like, ah, I don't know. Do I really want to plug in? Do I really want to get planted in this church? Right now? Ah, maybe I'll wait a little bit. In about four to eight weeks, you're like, I really like this church, but I don't feel connected. And then you're going to come to me and say, can I get more connected? And I'm going to say, well, we could serve. We got these connect groups but they're only going to kind of go till uh, the end of the school year, and then they're going to stop, kind of take a little break, and you're going to say, mm, maybe I'll wait till the fall. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's a chance to get connected. You can join in the middle, and that's fine. There's absolutely no problem to that. But I'm saying, now's the time to get connected in these groups and start building relationships with people and taking next steps together. Got this pile of bricks over here. I want to talk about the difference of when we come together, God's power, God's presence, God's people. 
You got bricks. A pile of bricks. An individual brick, not worth too much. Maybe a dollar, two dollars, or something like that. You got a pile of bricks here. I mean, we could, we could put in a, a bunch more bricks. It's still not doing much. Still not worth a whole lot. But, if these bricks start coming together, they're not just gathered together, but they start getting assembled together and built together and joined together. You may not feel like much, but all of a sudden you start to see that not before long, when these things are stacked and put together, their worth, their strength, their value just increases and soars and takes off and so much so that you can build houses of beauty that allow other people to dwell and come in and find a home and say, yes, I want to be a part of that. We don't just gather together when you're assembled together and working and living for God. He can do some amazing things, not in me individually, but for us collectively together. That's how God wants to, he doesn't just want us gathered. He wants us assembled and working together. You're like, Mike, I need a verse for this and I got one for you. I'm going to go King James Version. I'm going to go old school on you. Hebrews 10, not forsaking, say this with me, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exploring, exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Guess what? The day is approaching faster and faster and faster. We need each other more. We need each other more. Which one does the wolf get? Out of the sheep pen. If you got all the, you got the flock of sheep, which one does the wolf get? The wolf gets the one that's out on the fray. So if you feel like, hey, I'm out on the fray right now, kind of on the edges, can I show you what you need to do? Here's what you need to do. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, you just need to get right in the middle of the flock. And you need to get yourself planted. And you need to find some family here. When I, when I grew up going to church, and I hated it. I loved it, hated it. But then as a teenager, I saw the church split, and it was nasty. And I said, if that's God's people, if that's how God wants to do things, I'm out. I want no part of it. I had a, I had a bad view of what church was. And so I, I own that piece of it, but I ran, and I ran well. Until God brought me into Los Alamos in 2003, all by myself. The only people I knew were my coworkers, and I had a friend. I didn't even know him that well. I can't. His name was Kevin. He said, "Hey, there's this college week going on at Glorietta. You want to go with me? An invite. A little bit of an investment in an invite." I said, "Sure. I'm not going. I'm not doing anything. I'll go." I get in this room, two to three thousand college kids worshiping Jesus like crazy. And then this big NFL preacher gets up, and it was like I was the only one in the room. And it hit me like a ton of brooks. And God's presence and power showed up in my life to where I said, okay, I got to change. And there was a few more undeniable moments in my life where it's like, this is God. 
I got I to gotta change. I got to live for him. And I gave it up and I started living for him. And you know what I did? I was on the fray and I got myself right in the middle. And I found myself a church home and I found myself a family. And people, you became parents to me. People became brothers and sisters to me in that church. Some of them were some crazy aunts and uncles in there, I can't lie. <laughs> but we, I got myself planted and God started working in me. We're here today because one guy, Kevin, said, Mike, you want to go with me? You want to go with me to this college thing? And God did something in his house. This isn't Mike's house. This isn't our house. This is God's house. And when his people get planted, his power and his presence flows through them. That's what I want for us, for Freedom Church. I think that's why you're here today. I think that's why you're here today. And God wants to change those Alamos in us and through us. But we understand, I want you to understand, this is why we're here. It's more than just songs and sermons. It's God's moving. All right, can we pray together? Let's stand and let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.